Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Car Week podcast. Got a lot in store for you uh, this uh, podcast. I think I'll start off with some uh, motorsport news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the summer break, we've missed it. Well, we haven't missed it, but we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, Esteban Ocon got kicked out of his Williams seat by... Uh, no, Force India seat, sorry. By Lance Stroll, coming from Williams once Lance Stroll bought uh, Force India and changed the name. Mm-hmm. He's now got a seat for 2020. He's taking... Nico Hulkenberg's seat at Renault and moving Nico Hulkenberg out. Did you see that one coming? I I heard rumours of it coming. Yeah. I didn't expect it really. I thought Me maybe either. with um, Bottas's performance over the last season, I would have thought they maybe have swapped him out, put him in Mercedes, and Bottas would have just gone wherever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't know why they. But you know, I'm glad to see him back though. He's, yeah, back. He's a great talent for the sport, yeah. so I'm glad to see him back in a racing car. That's the main thing. Mm. But now with Hulkenberg leaving Renault. Where's he going to go? I've heard ha- rumours about a hat. Yes. And really? Apparently, the rumours are that it's going to be Roman Grosjean leaving and him and Kevin Magnussen teaming together. And that'll be a okay. very sour oh. relationship. <laughs> That's just <laughs> going to work, what Gun- isn't it? Did you hear what Gunter Steiner said? Because he was ta- he, like, so press asked him about um, the possibility of them teaming. He's yeah. like, are you not worried about them hitting each other? And the Gunter Steiner said... Well, my teammates already hit each other already. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> so, Gunter Steiner's not worried about it. So, <laughs> I don't think we've got too much to worry about. So, and uh, a bit more driver news. Valtteri Bottas has had his contract extended to 2020. Which I'm not surprised about. I'm not happy about it, really. Not oh. happy about it, but I'm not surprised either. I'm not surprised because he's a great wingman for uh, Lewis Hamilton. Let's put it like, yeah, no, play, he is, plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. He is a wingman at mm-hmm. this point. He yeah. is nothing else. He's just not a good talent for the car he's in. But I guess all they really want from him is a wingman for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, Very all they much, want yeah. is him just to be a barricade. Mm-hmm. Really, because if they put Esteban Ocon in there, they don't know whether he was going to meld with the car and challenge Hamilton like Nico Hulkenberg did. Or what was going on? I think on? you mean Rosberg. Yeah, sorry, Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many Nikos, too many Germans. It's, it's mm. all going yeah. crazy in my head. But I guess that's probably one reason they didn't want Esteban Ocon in the seat at that point. But yeah, because it's a bit more unpredictable. But I would have just thought mm. you're putting all that money into a second car for your team, but you're having a lousy driver race it. So where's really the return on your investment there? But True. I don't know. And... Um, now we move on to Spa. We uh, had That's to pre-record uh, last episode, so we missed out talking about Spa because we had to record it the week the week before because I was away and we couldn't uh, record it then. Um, some very tragic news. In mm. F2, it was the feature race, I believe. There was a fatal collision between Juan Manuel Carrera and Antoine Hubert, and unfortunately we lost Antoine Hubert. Our thoughts and condolences and prayers will go out to the Hubert family and the Carrera family because he is still in uh, he's still in intensive care, care with yeah. acute respiratory failure or some condition. So our thoughts and prayers go out to him. We won't speak any more on that. We just thoughts and prayers out with uh, the yeah. Huberts and the Carreras. But yeah. if we move on to the actual race itself, qualifying, our boys on pole. Charles Leclerc finally mm. his set what's it his third pole this season now? He had Bahrain. Yeah. Austria, I think yeah, he was pole on Austria, wasn't yeah. he? And then now he's had pole at Spa. So it's his third pole this season. About mm. time for a little win, maybe. <laughs> I think you'd be quite happy with the results. He did win the race finally. Mm. Um but if we 
backtrack first. Charles Claire on pole in the first lap of the race. We had a collision with Kimi Raikkonen and Max Verstappen going into the first corner. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit of a weird one, really. Because if you see the onboard of Max Verstappen, he's got quite a bit of room going into the first corner. Then Kimi Raikkonen is not expecting him to be there and turns in mm. and uh, flips. Because yeah. where I. Where this is one of the races I actually watched live for once. Here in the. Um, commentary for it like the commentators say that like they saw the old Verstappen come out where he's trying yeah. to go for a gap that isn't there. really there and yeah. obviously Kimmy doesn't expect that does he so yeah no because seeing Spa first corner is one of the corners in the circuit or in the uh, calendar where you can make up like 10 positions just being a little bit ballsy going on the brakes going mm. into the uh, first corner. And where he was, a collision. he to, he Oh yeah, because he was starting from, Yeah, I think he had a, he wasn't starting from the back, he had a bad start mm. and he dropped down the order so he needed to regain some of the positions. So yeah, he probably just saw that opportunity and was like, we'll yeah. go for it. Which uh, didn't work out for him. I think it was a bit of a racing incident, a bit more uh, fault on Max Verstappen. Mm. But he's, to me, is more six one half dozen to the other on that incident. But I don't think the uh, any of them got penalised for it, did they? Because Max Verstappen nah. went to go up Radion, and obviously you see his steering was messed up with the collision. He mm. nearly took out Kimi Raikkonen again and crashed going up Radion, mm. which was a bit of a <laughs> weird one. Because I would have thought he must have. I don't know if he didn't see his steering was messed up on this front wheel. Surely or? you could feel it. Well, I just, when you see the collision, you actually see. Like the steering arm break, you see the mm. wheel twitch and the other one not. So it's, I don't know, I don't know about that one. Uh, then it was an eventful race. Uh, during the race, we had a good race in between Charles Leclerc, Seb, Hamilton, and all that. Seb blocking for Seb blocking Hamilton for Charles Leclerc to give him a better gap on the a pit good stop Ferrari window. Ferrari strategy finally. Good stats. <laughs> yeah. Good strategy finally. Yeah. But on the last lap, we had a. Uh, Quite a bit of action. We had mm. Antonio Giovinazzi crashing. Just going around the corner, all on his own. Spins, loses the back and crashes into the wall. I really don't know what to say about <sighs> Antonio Giovinazzi now. He's. Mm. I did like him. He, he started off not well, roughly, but I just think he's not really going to hold up against Kimi Raikkonen in that Alfa Romeo seat. And I don't see him staying for 2020, really. Mm. After this performance, but... Who knows? They kept Marcus Ericsson for how long? So maybe mm, they'll put the, maybe they'll put the hopes in him. And then we had possibly one of the funniest retirements ever. But all from, sort of sad. Oh, sad! But his the way he sort of <laughs> yeah. stated that he was retiring was so funny. Lando Norris <laughs> coming over the uh, line to, um, to start, start his start last lap. lap yeah. He's in P5. This would be his best p- finish position ever in uh, F1. F1. And as he's coming up to the bus stop chicane, he starts losing power. And he's he's screaming, he's losing power. If if you want to hear the audio of it, it it's honestly yeah, probably one of the funniest things you ever see, but also the saddest because yeah. he's he's 19 years old. He's about to finish fifth in a McLaren. Yeah, McLaren at F1 Spa. Car. They don't have the best straight line pace, which Spa is one of the power tracks. So this could have been one of his. He's worked his ass for it, and then it all just uh, it all went pop. So Lando unfortunately had to retire from the race. But that meant there was yellow flags going into some of the sectors and that allowed Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton's battle to be slowed down a little bit going on to the final lap. Meaning mm. Charles Leclerc actually won his first ever Grand Prix. Yes. Finally. Mm. And yeah. that, like... But like for, for me, when I watched that, like, obviously, didn't want to overreact because, well, one, 
I just didn't feel like shouting at all. But internally, <laughs> Inside, I was internally screaming. I was screaming, going, "Finally!" Yeah, like, finally that boy won his won his first Grand Prix because he's an immense won. talent. <laughs> the thing is, Char- like Charles Leclerc said, it was uh, he had mixed emotions going across the line because obviously he was very close with Antoine Hubert coming up together on the karting circuit. He dedicated his uh, first F1 win to him. Yeah, no, mm. wasn't it wasn't. You so see yeah. him get the camera straight away and take it to the sticker. It was a beautiful yeah. moment, to be fair. Because yeah. now Charles Clay dedicated his F3 to his F3 title to Jill Bianchi, his F2 title to his dad, and now his very first F1 win to Anton Hubert. Mm-hmm. It seems that Charles Clay has it's sort of a storybook, like. F1 career. Yeah, no, he comes up. He's he's lost so many important people in his life, like his godfather, his father, and one of his best friends, and he's having great success. But it's it's weird. Yeah, no, it's a weird, he's definitely got like the story behind him. It's yeah. a, it would make a great movie one day. Mm. Oh, it would actually. It'd be it'd be a sad but great movie. Yeah. Like that's but it's like the uh, just the last thing I have to mention from that was like when um like I I found it like. It sort of shows how close, like, the drivers are as a community. I think it's more these new wave drivers are with, so close as yeah. like yeah, a community. Yeah, with, like, just Gassi going up to Luca and just, like, win this for Anton. Like, just win this for him. Yeah, because it was it's Antoine... the young drivers, isn't it? It was Antoine, Gasly, Leclerc, and who was the other driver who came... Was it Albon or was it someone else who came up? I think it was Russell. Yeah, I think it was it Russell. It might have been Russell, yeah. Because they all came up together and were competing on the karting circuit together. and Exactly, yeah. They grew up, They all had that same dream. Yeah. Mm. It's a sad time. But it is. But I think if we move on to Monza now, I think that's possibly oh, oh, one of the oh. craziest qualifiers I've ever seen. It started um. off, started <laughs> off uh, normal, about yeah, Q1, Q2. And then Raikkonen crashed in Q3, so it brought out some red flags. Everyone only got a banker lap in to start with. And then it was towards the end of the session. I don't know what happened to the drivers. Because obviously Monza, you needed the toe to get a good lap. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you, the final lap, or the final one minute 30, they, all the engineers send them out. And you got all the drivers driving around at a snail's pace. Not or wanting to go. Up f- together. Oh, and bunching up. Not wanting to go first because no one wanted to have not the have disadvantage a toe. of, yeah. Not Everyone needed the toe. The toe. So you had Carlos Sainz, Nico Hülkenberg, and Lance Stroll all at the front trying to hold up the pack. Even Nico Hülkenberg, he pretended to lock up, went down the runoff area at um, uh, turn one. And still ended up in front of everyone. <laughs> he assumed he was going to come behind everyone, but everyone just sort of stopped. He's like, rejoin the track, please. Yeah. We'll <laughs> let you back on, don't worry. In the same place she was. But no, it was quite funny to see. Oh, and then Lewis <laughs> Hamilton on the radio, though. Yeah. Oh, great, f- great Ferrari tactics to... Uh, keep the pole but no I don't know I think that's just Lewis whenever something doesn't go his way he just complains on the radio most of the time so mm. I don't know but going from a crazy qualifying Max was stepping again mm. he had to start from the back because he had to have an engine swap mm. he's going really it, the thing is he wasn't even aggressive into the first turn he's going down the first straight he's break really early but everyone in front of him is just bunched up and he's lost his front wing hitting I believe Perez, I think it was Perez he hit on the back or stroll, one of the racing points and lost his front wing and had to pit for another one. So another Max Verstappen crash two races in a row after a great form of podiums well. and P5s. 
So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just an unlucky streak for Max Verstappen, or we are seeing hints of the old Max Verstappen coming back. Mm. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I don't want to make my predictions yet, but I think for Verstappen, he's he's learnt after he's learnt after um Spa how good at overtaking Albon is in a Red Bull car. Oh yeah, sorry, we forgot to mention Albon. He, he finished P5. Was it P5 or P... P5 from P17. P5 sure. from P17 in his first ever race for Red Bull. Sorry, Alex Albon. We do know this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, um, yeah, he, he saw how good he was overtaking. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. Yeah. But like, I, yeah, I feel like from that, he's probably realising that like, he can't just treat him like a pushover like Gasly was. Oh, Gasly like, was a pushover. Yeah. Like, he's realised like, I've got to race this guy properly now. Like, it's not going to be as easy as it's, it used to be. Yeah, even though now now Albon's proven that he can do a bit better than Gasly did, maybe Red Bull can start giving a bit more mm. resources towards him. Max after seeing that, he's thinking, oh, I've got to now put in the performance of a lifetime, time after time now, yeah. to prove that they should keep all their resources on me. But yeah. I don't know if that's a that's a Red Bull internal issue to sort yeah. out. Like nothing's concrete with no. that. It's just rumor. And then, and then um one scarlet red Ferrari. Let's Sebastian Vettel going into a corner. Loses it all himself and spins. And then uh yeah. Bahrain is this you? Yeah, basically. <laughs> he was all on his own going into the corner and just loses the back again. Spun, went off the track, and then um I don't know what he was trying to do to rejoin the track, but as he was rejoining, he clipped Lance Stroll and took him out of the race. Mm -hmm. We didn't take him out. He he just pushed him off the track. And then um, on the radio, Lance Stroll comes on the radio and shouts, why is he rejoined so dangerously? And then what does Lance Stroll go and do? Join dangerously. He then joins dangerously and pushes Pierre Gasly off the track. (laughs) And you think, what is going on? What's going on here? You're meant to be professional F1 drivers and they're pushing each other <laughs> off the track as if they're... It's just the irony of Stroll. <laughs> I can't get over that bit. You hear him come on the radio. Why is he rejoining the track he so on the radio. Like, And then he just does it straight away. You think, for God's sake, you can't moan about something and then do it yourself, honestly. <laughs> like, do you I, know what would have been more tragic? If Gasly got beached in oh, the gravel. He, he used to come around there, he thinks, oh, two places here. And then Stroll's like, see nope. you later, mate. <laughs> Launch you straight off and you can Not deal happening. with that. Just imagine if he pushed him into the fence. That would mm. that would have been mad. Because it would have counted as Stroll's fault, even though he was pushed off by Sebastian Vettel. He's, he's, still the, one rejo- the, he's the one rejoining the track dangerously, so he would have got mm. the penalty for that. But I couldn't believe that. Speaking of penalties, mm-hmm. I'm really liking... What the stewards done during the F- the Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton battle, Charles got his elbows out, maybe forced him off the track a little bit, but instead of penalising him, giving him a fine second time penalty or something, they gave him a black and white flag, black and um, yellow flag, and said, "You do that one more time, we will give you a penalty." I think that's a better idea than actually pen- penalising someone straight yeah. away. Because, you know, the minute something like that happens, it's like, oh, well, that's that race yeah, over. Yeah, that's like, the race over. Yeah. What's like, the point? Because there's no way Charles will pull away five seconds to keep the lead mm-hmm. or anything. But And what's the point in that whole fight they've just had and everything? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think that was a great idea by Suez. Yeah. I think that really makes up, it, like, because with uh, Vettel in Canada, it makes up for stuff like that. It's going to be, yeah. if they keep doing this, it's going to be a great, I think it's going to be a good system and really save yeah. some of the racing in future F1 races. Yeah, because I, I feel like um, 
like for once like um the people watching have actually sort of been listened to by the people that like the officials of f1 have actually finally listened to the people just went because in canada it did look a bit suspicious that like there was no way that vettel could safely rejoin the track if there was just grass brick wall yeah and it was just like surprise surprise hamilton has won again yeah and this was sort of this was like like yeah like hamilton was like everyone knows that when he gets on the radio and something he doesn't like happens in front of him he's gonna try and get that push towards a penalty oh yeah going back like, to... he's moving on the braking so yeah i've read max has happened done that so many times but if you if you want to go back to canada Ferrari do a thing where every time they win a race, they put a flag outside their centre. Yeah. So they put two in for Spa and uh, Monza now. Mm. But they already had one in there that Sebastian Vettel, I imagine, said, put that in there yeah. for Canada because mm. he thought he should have won that race. Yeah. So they put there's three flags now flying outside oh, the amazing. Ferrari centre. One of them technically shouldn't be there because he didn't win the race. But, However. <laughs> but Seb said, put it there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think was a great thing to do. And then um, after that, oh, before that show, I think this might have been, I don't know if it was before or after, I've lost track, even though I watched the race live. Albon and Sainz were having a good old battle. Albon obviously qualified a bit lower than everyone else due to not getting a good run in in qualifying, due Mm. to Kimi Raikkonen and then obviously the craziness at the end. But they're battling, they're going around, I think it was turn four. And uh, Albon does a move, he dives up the inside, he goes a bit deep into the uh, chicane. Comes out, he's on the outside of Science, and Science just forces him off a little bit coming off one of the corners. Didn't get a penalty for it. Sci- uh, Albon didn't spin or anything, didn't get forced off too hard, but another instance of close hard racing without pen- like anyone getting penalised, which I thought was good. So, it was that, like, from where I'd watched the, like, the sort of, like, cut up replay of the race, because I didn't catch it like that, like, this race is just what everyone wants racing to be like that don't penalize everything someone goes a bit wide okay they went a bit wide <laughs> let them off that once but if they keep if doing, they keep it, doing oh, it deliberately yeah. from advantage I do, I do like it it's like right you get one or two chances you do it any more than that then you will be getting fired like it's sort of like a it's just a warning system isn't it so yeah. like, I like it I think it's really good then after that we had um Carlos Sainz coming into the pits again Come into pit. I think he was getting for a fresh set of mediums mm. as he's leaving the pit. I don't know if McLaren were getting tips off of Haas how not to put a wheel on properly. <laughs> there must have been. But as he's leaving the pit, you can see his wheel wobbling, come straight off, and you think, oh, for God's sake. And he's in a good position. So I think he was in P6 or something at that point. Mm. So yeah, McLaren sodded up all their points with Lando Norris starting at the back and coming to temps, so that was good for him. Yeah. But Carlos Sainz, who's going to get the bulk of the points. Not actually finishing because one man couldn't put a wheel on properly. (laughs) And then after that, we had uh, K-Mag. He was down the order already because Haas have no race pace. They haven't had all season. Yeah. Um, He uh, DNF due to hydraulic leak, I believe it was. So he just pulled into the pits and just retired the car. And then after that, there was uh, Danny Kvyat. He's coming down the main straight, goes through the um, chicane. Well, turns one and two. Goes to get on the power straight away. Nothing there completely. You see him go on to go to get on the throttle, and he just and sort of sat there nothing. like, 
where's my throttle gone? Mm. And then it turns out he had an engine failure and had to retire him. Yeah, he pulled over, didn't he? No, I think he was also on for a good finish. I don't remember where, but he was in definitely in the top 10. So mm. he was doing really well there. Uh, but after that, finished the race. Charles Leclerc, after strong pressure from both the Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas, managed to win at Monza for Ferrari. Yeah. It's Ferrari's first win in Monza since 2010. So I think... <sighs> that atmosphere was incredible. I'm, su- I'm surprised they don't already have a holiday named Charles Leclerc Day. Yeah. After that. <laughs> like, I'm surprised he's not national hero or something. But that was great to see him get two wins in a row. Especially yeah. this one. Nothing... No, no sadness attached to it. It's, it was this just one, straight out. He showed what he can do. Got aggressive when he needed he to. Could yeah. en- he could enjoy enjoy the win of this yes. oh yeah you can see oh it. I bet he did oh when he oh if you, if you heard the radio, radio he's yeah screaming. he's literally God. screaming and then I thought it was quite funny um, he's in Park Ferme he's just won the race I can't, I can't remember who, uh, who, who wins it Johnny Herbert or is it um, Brundle uh, one, one of the sure. interviewers goes to interview him like talking in English and he goes can I talk in Italian please? like you sure <laughs> and you just see the interviewer standing there like I shouldn't have let him do that. <laughs> all he's doing is talking Italian really happily. And he's like, ah, no one understands a word we're saying on uh, British TV. This was a bad mistake. <laughs> but you could just see him so happy. He's like, I've got a smile here to yeah. it. He's screaming on the thing. Then he comes in, he gets out his car. He's punching the air. I was oh, like, I oh, it. yes, Charles, this I is love what you see- need. This you love deserve. to see it, didn't you? You love to see it. And then uh, not just a uh, celebration for Ferrari. Renault, their first, <laughs> their first double points finish Ricardo. in a very long time. Oh, Ricardo, though. P4 and Love P5. Love it. That's what I want to see. Did you hear his team ready after he finished? Mm. I, I don't know what the incident was with... Uh, it wasn't an incident. It was like a, obviously a joke behind the scenes of something with pizza. I don't know if they went out for pizza or something. Yeah. But his enge- uh, engineer says, I think it was that pizza. And then Daniel Ricardo comes on the radio and goes, pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Where all the all the um, Ferrari drivers are talking in Italian. It's yeah. just Ricardo, pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, good on him. That's I what good. I like to see. Finally, Renault have a good finish. And Ricardo finishes where he deserves to finish. Yes. Yeah. Because... I've been waiting for it all this time. It's a, it's a sad thing to see him go from Red Bull to Renault, thinking he was going to get stable top 10 finishes, and um, then he hasn't had anything good. But it's good to see him This is the start from now on yeah. in the top five. And then a celebration. Yeah, and then a celebrate, oh, a minor celebration for McLaren. Lando Norris starting 16th on the grid, fighting all the way up through the field. Even he said they didn't have great straight line speed at Monza. Finished mm. in P10, got a point for McLaren. Exactly, got and I a point. That was great. So, that I think that pretty much recaps all the uh, F1. F1 that's happened. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. There's been some crazy, great races. A few sad moments, but overall, the racing has been Class. amazing. Yeah. Welcome back, F1, after the summer break, mm, yeah. kicking <laughs> off with two bangers of a race. Singapore next, and I'm really excited to see what's going to be there because Red Bull going to be back in it with uh, their great chassis because it. Singapore is normally a great one for them, so I'm, good, I'm yeah. glad to see what Alex Albon's going to do and Max Verstappen. Yeah, those two together. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. But Jack, if you want to take us through some new cars, what yes. have you found this time? So, you guys will be surprised to hear that not all the cars are electric this week. Party time! Thank <laughs> God, <laughs> some normal cars. So we're starting it's off makes with the Porsche Taycan. Uh, so they do the Taycan and the Taycan Turbo S. So I've kind of been seeing this everywhere, and it's the new sports car that Porsche released, and it it is electric. 
And we'll you said there was petrol cars involved here. I just, you know, I have to. <laughs> you, we have you, to start you started, with, you started with the good with the bad, haven't you? Now. Yeah. So there's good coming, all right. Just <laughs> <laughs> hold out, hold out. <laughs> so starting with the specs, naught to sixty in two point eight seconds, around seven hundred fifty brake horsepower, top speed of one hundred and sixty. Uh, it just it has active aero. There's like three different stages for different speeds you're going at. Is this a hybrid? Did you say? No, it's. Is uh, it? Is it full I'm electric? pretty sure it's full electric. Okay. But um, one thing I found very interesting is that it has. It obviously has high-rated brakes. It's a Porsche, but it has recuperation, so it can generate up to ninety percent of the braking energy, and just put that back into it. What back so, into the power output? Yeah. So. So essentially, it's got a curse system. Very much. <laughs> I love it. Right. Okay. I hate. <laughs> right. This is double-edged sword here. I hate electric. Oh, not, I don't hate electric cars. I have a, a minor disliking, I'll call it, to electric cars. However, however, though, I like the power from them, the torque, and then the fact that they're putting introducing like curve systems and DRS and stuff like that to them. That that I like, but I can't get over not having a petrol engine and the noise and the sound and the feel of it all. Mm. That rant over, okay? That that's that bit. So they say, if you're doing normal like sporty everyday driving. Can reach a third of your power range from the rear. I know. I saw that, and I was like, "They're two very different things." Sporty driving and everyday driving are very different. I didn't think so they mixed. I thought one was speeding was, and one was driving know, normally. It's all in the same <laughs> sentence. I'm like, okay, driving if you sporty say so, at thirty mile an hour. <laughs> how, how do you drive sport? Do you like set launch control in, accelerate all the way up to thirty, and then stop? Is that sporty everyday driving? Well, you see, if it was a manual, it was just aggressive shifting. Aggressive <laughs> shift. So, <laughs> I'm not going to go over all the different interior bits because we'll literally be Ooh, here all day. Beautiful. But um, it's got the usual stuff, like the old um, a built-in like TV. active climate control, lots of screens and that. But no, um, no, that's not a TV. That's a cinema. <laughs> that stretches all across the car. <laughs> and it has, like, sports seats, GT wheel. But, I mean, I think it's just, like, it's got all the normal features, but on, like... Innovative steroids, See, pretty much. <laughs> I, I love all this screen technology. I'm assuming it's touchscreen as well. Yeah, so in the interior, they've almost entirely replaced all mechanical buttons with electric. See, I love it, but how bolts. much can go wrong, though? Oh, so much. Yeah. You get one bit of water in some of these wires, and that's it. None of your screen works anymore. When you put so much reliance in the technology, unless it's, it does work constantly. Unless it's a bulletproof system, which nothing ever is. But like, your go passenger wrong. has a screen. There's like, in the back to control all the active climate, it's just a screen with different buttons and animations. It's... I, I do like the future of interior technology with all the screens. I think that is beautiful. But I can also get a shout out. These wheels, Oh. they look amazing for a production car. Mm. Like, I don't know whether Porsche was like, let's get some sport wheels and just chuck it on there, paint them, make them different colours to the car and it will look amazing. But they look really good on the car. Before we move on then, what do we think about the looks? Looks alright, yeah. I mean, doesn't, mm, doesn't really the back. doesn't really jump out from any other Porsche. To be fair, it's mm. got the same sort of shape and everything. It's just, yeah, it's right. It's, it's, it's not anything special, no. yeah. other than the wheels, which are different to. I wouldn't go as far to say it's ugly, but I don't oh, think no. it's. I'd have to go as far as looker. sort of just saying it's average. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's an average-looking Porsche. Isn't very it? average. But when you look at the interior, 
Which is what you're going to be looking at if you're driving it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be having a whale of a time. you hyperspace. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. So next. Is this the petrol car you promised me? This is the petrol car I promised <laughs> you. Finally. The I SSC Tuatara, I think you say it. So uh, starting off with SSC, because you might have heard of it. If you haven't. I don't think I have, actually. Basically, it's a company set up by a guy called Gerald Shelby. Who had uh, like a history and passion for cars? Any relation to? Uh, I didn't look me? further into it, but I have a feeling not. No. But pretty much. Oh, actually, is it a V8 in it? That'll, that'll give you a good indication. It, it, it does have a V8 in it. <laughs> it might be then. <laughs> so they say, "quote They design and manufacture a, a man, they make an American supercar that would stand up against the European-dominated industry of high-performance production cars." So they're like. They want to make an American like super hypercar, so an American has... European super hypercar. So well, one that can challenge the, the European. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. I like it though. I'm, I'm and it. I think they've made a couple concepts before, but yeah, we're going to talk about the yeah. Tua Tara. Like, I've heard of a, um, SSC before, like they did something in the early two thousands. But I don't, I can, I've never heard of SSC. This new company. To me, <laughs> so this car has. Fighter jet aerodynamics and performance, they say. And it's intense but simplistic. And I like the design. Uh, we don't have it here, but it will be there for the video listeners. The front of it looks the same as the back. It's just aggressive, but it's also, I think, like, it's just toned. It's nice. Is the, you know when you said fighter dynamics, is that just to uh, appeal to American markets? So yes. When someone comes out, I got my car, it's got fighter jet aerodynamics. That'll be part of the sales pitch. <laughs> that'll, like, the that second sentence. <laughs> oh. Uh, this it's is a, uh, a to fighter jet. <laughs> it's basically a fighter jet being car form. Are you going to buy it yet? <laughs> <laughs> and it has the lowest drag out of all the cars in its class. So it has a 0.279 coefficient of drag. I'm assuming it has active aero. Suspen- uh, active aero cause, yeah. Yeah, because it looks like it's got and one So it has 0.279. And just to put that in comparison, because it's just a number for a lot of people, including myself. <laughs> the Chiron has 0.36. Of what? Uh, of coefficient of drag. Yeah. This has 0.279. The Hennessy Venom, along with the Agera, have 0.33. So this is leaps ahead. Jeez. And on the E85, it has 1,750 brake horsepower from a V8 twin turbo. <laughs> <laughs> and Not bad. Do you Jesus. know what's really sticking out to me? The, like what I thought about. The wing that's so, on the arches? <laughs> you know the Bugatti yeah. so Bugatti recently with the Chiron they achieved over 300 miles an hour yeah 304 I think to be yeah. yeah with 1578 brake horsepower this has 172 brake horsepower more and less drag so imagine getting that in a straight should line should go quicker just let's imagine just if you see hit, what happens in the future just imagine if you hit a bump you must take off like a missile <laughs> Jesus but I do wonder because if they are wanting to compete against the European hypercars, supercars, this is their opportunity. Mm. Bugatti have just set this record. Everyone's like... Just imagine oh. if they come in and smash it exactly. by like 10 mile an hour or in something. In like a couple of weeks, they just go through and they knock it out of the park. That's it. Bugatti would be knocked off the top, really. Yeah, they? and so much, like, just everything will go to their brand. There'd be have so much attention for, for it. I don't have a price because I don't know if they're in production yet, but... Just imagine that comes out, it smashes the Bugatti, and, then and they it's put, less money. And they put yeah. it up for cheaper just to spite Bugatti. That'd be amazing. But no, overall, I think it's a really good looking car. I think, yeah. Mm. Like the engine, I like the, I like the stats. 
everything about the stats is great. Who wouldn't like the stats? But thing is, I do like the fighter jet aerodynamics. <laughs> They've sold me here now. <laughs> to be fair, it looks sleek. It does. Aerodynamic. I think it's. Uh, I would have it. Yeah. Overall opinions. I'd buy one. You buy one, Jared? I'd probably buy one. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I think that's a unanimous decision. Right they, they've made the right decision here. Well, if first can, off, they put a general motor in it. In it I'm happy. <laughs> You can put petrol, and it has intense, like insane performance. We're, and we're pretty much all on the same. <laughs> oh yeah, fighter jet aerodynamics. Don't forget about no, that. You gotta have your fighter jet aerodynamics. It's, oh, it's yeah. the main feature of the car. I don't want a car that doesn't have fighter jet aerodynamics anymore. If it doesn't have fighter jet aerodynamics, don't come talk to me, okay? <laughs> Supra's got fighter jet aerodynamics. Well, it has a fighter jet interior. It was based on fighter Fiesta jet, wasn't it? My Fiesta doesn't have one. We can make you that different. We can. <laughs> we will redo your interior for you. Give us some wings. Fire Jared So what am I looking at now, Jack? You are looking at the Audi PB18 e-tron. It's electric. <laughs> yep, I could tell by the e-tron part. Yeah, the e-tron. So this is just a concept, but uh, it's said to have 760 brake horsepower of electric power from a trio of electric motors. 500 kilometers of range that can charge in 15 minutes. Jesus. Not to 60 in just over two seconds. And because it's a concept car, they've not like confirmed all these numbers or anything, which I think they may have just kind of chucked them out there. Like, so every we want to show yeah. off the style of the car, but here's some numbers. Every like, number they've come up with, oh yeah, it's got 500 miles of range, yeah. can charge in 15 minutes. They're probably like, these but are numbers reality, that we could achieve if we had to, if someone was filing a lawsuit, but <laughs> just we're just going to chuck them out there. They yeah. get done for mis-selling uh, the product, and it's like, ah, oh, now we've, got, now we've got to make the car again. Jesus. But, like it, but in reality, the batteries take 12 hours to charge and you can barely do 100 miles. Because it's just like... <laughs> you've got so much power sports output. sports batteries. <laughs> you've got so much power output. It just drains They're turbocharged the batteries like Porsche Cayenne do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... And those numbers, I mean, they're not too too impressive in today's standards. No, but to be fair, I do like the look of this Audi. I do like yeah, the wheels. That's why I included it, because of the design. No. has a crazy interior. It has 460 litres of luggage space. I don't think you sold it to Jared. Well, Jared, I'm about to sell it to you right now, and not with fighter jet aerodynamics. I just don't well, like how it looks. <laughs> and that is because it oh has a driver's seat that can be McLaren F1-like spec, you know? Put it right in the middle. <laughs> or you can shift it left to right. And yeah, let's talk about him making 50 of them. But and look that, at that interior. That are there any other seats in this vehicle first? I'm not sure, but you don't need them. <laughs> you don't need them when you're sat like that. That's amazing. They sold me now. Jared's still trying to make up his mind. About... Come on, Jared. Look Imagine at, sitting there. Look at that thing. Sitting in that cockpit. See, wow. the interior is oh, impressive. But the outside of it lets you down. That's all right. You only be looking at the inside when you're driving. How do you, how do you yes. say that lets you down? That looks, I think apart the from outside, the wheels, no, it, it just looks great. Like for the, like on the front for those who are, are aren't watching the video. Yeah, for audio listeners. Um, why does it look like it's only got half a bonnet and the windscreen's decided to just fly out from behind? It's <laughs> because just it doesn't have an engine because it's electric. Yeah, but <laughs> still, just complete the. On it, it just looks incomplete. I can't tell whether it's like a little one-seater hatchback or like a. I don't know what they're trying to make car here. Or... 
It's just going to be for a billionaire playboy, though, isn't it, really? When you think oh, about but it, it does look sick. Just see him turn up to the club in that thing, you're like, oh, they're here now. Which door do you get out of? Both, why not? The roof. Just <laughs> choose one. I just, I just thought, well, which one do you get out of? Well, well, since he's a concept guy, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just, oh, just remove the whole roof and you get out that way. <laughs> the roof's convertible, just flips up like a lid, just flips back down. Yeah. And you just... It's like an ejector seat that just bounces you out just slightly enough that you <laughs> get out of the car. For you to slide down the windscreen. <laughs> and in that and car, land on I your want... feet. <laughs> yeah. Right, so we're saying that had a great interior, right? Yeah. But if that car doesn't have like a button that gives me like ultra turbo mode as well, while I'm sat in the middle of it as yeah. well. If it hyperspeed. Gives, if hyperspeed. it doesn't give me I want me hyperspeed. Options. Give me hyperspeed. Mm. Yeah. If it doesn't give me options... For Hellfire Missiles, I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go back to look at the back of it, it looks like it has slots for life. <laughs> no, no, even more. If I'm sitting in this little cockpit in this crazy looking Audi, I want some incredible performance specs, though. Do you know what I mean? I want 0 to 60 in like one second. Comes like. out, it's only got 100 brake horsepower. <laughs> because that's the only way they can actually get it to do 500 miles. hybrid engine. they just got to make up the specs somehow. They've just got to sell it to the. Like the sporty environmental. So yeah, it's fully electric, but it's just got like a free cylinder from like an A one. It's like there you go. It's environmental. <laughs> Oh, I think you know what happened though? Everyone who has one will just lie about the engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a cool car. Does it go fast? Yeah, I'm just being conservative. Batteries. Oh, and battery that, life you know? and everything. <laughs> I've only got a little bit left. I need to get home. Yeah, now. I don't, don't want to, you know, stretch out. <laughs> I don't want to show off too much. You just get, you just get out with your bundle of extension cords. <laughs> yeah. Just pull up next to someone's house. Do you mind if I just plug in, please? Can I just, you know, reel of extension cords, like Jared said. So. Carter Bay. Bay. And what are these? What would you group this as? Well, these are some super grand tours. Super grand tours? Right, Jack, what have you got? I have got the Aston Martin DBS Superleggera. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful car. car. So they cost around 225 grand. They come with an amazing Aston Martin 5.2 litre V12, which is lovely, which has a 715 brake horsepower. And that takes the car 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds and 0 to 106.4 seconds and can hit 211 with four seats. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go out there and say the most important bit about it is that it looks very sexy. Oh, mate, I love them pixels. That looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, the, the screen wouldn't load and all we got was a bunch of pixels. <laughs> but I will let you off that. It's insane. The it back of it, nice the front looking. of it. I think it's just an Aston Martin. Even I think the they interior. Because Aston, I'm not going to lie, the interiors are normally a bit outdated. Oh, a yeah. bit. But this one, I like I it. I don't know. It's a bit typical Aston, but it's just classy. Not, it's not that. It's the seats and with that with that cross pattern on it. I'm sure you can get it without if you really desire. Oh, it looks up. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Was he going to use the U word? I was going to use the U word. <laughs> that thing is... Nah, get okay, that away Okay, okay, we're me. going back to the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Keep on the outside and I'll go with you, but... God, it's a beautiful Definitely car. not that interior. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's I don't slowly... want to, I don't want to use that U word because that, that's like for specific things, but... <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Well, that's a super serious word for us to have to use. <laughs> <laughs> that is almost... Especially when the outside is, is a 11 out of 10. What's the word I'm looking for? That is... Uh, 
almost blasphemous blasphemous word word. thank you Jared (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah so right I've got Bentley Continental GT the 2019 version this has got 626 brake horsepower from a 6 litre twin turbo W12 engine not a V12 putting out 664 foot pound feet of torque can do 207 miles per hour top speed it's got an 8 speed dual clutch automatic do 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds and that will all cost you about 162,000 pounds really yeah Oh, hello. I had to do a quick translation from dollars to pounds, but <laughs> it's, it's 162,000. Um, we couldn't find anything like about suspension or anything like that, but oh, it's got a 12 screen, a 12 inch touchscreen uh, heads up display, uh, traffic sign recognition, blind spot assistance, 360 degree camera, adaptive cruise control, pedestrian avoidance, and night vision camera. How does I the think, pedestrian I think, avoidance I think work? Pedestrian <laughs> avoidance is. The driver. The driver. <laughs> nah, it's cameras. You can just drive at them and it will steer for you. I don't know how the pedestrian avoidance system works. What if you're just going down the road? Human being. There's an old lady, there's a mother and a baby. And you, <laughs> you can't avoid them. Which one does it pick? I think it hits you. Yeah, it, oh. kill, it will kill you. <laughs> it will just crumple it will see. It will see all of them and think, drive up, drive us next, doing... <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know this night vision camera. Like, what is? Is you it just like a just a reversing <laughs> camera or something? What? You just drive with your headlights off, like oh, I am special. I feel, like I'm from, I feel like I'm from the SAS with that thing. It's <laughs> a like, little sensor console pops up and there's a headset. Yes, you have to put on this SAS night vision. <laughs> Driving with the goggles. Thing is, if you got that, do you have like an MP5 silence just also in the dash and all? <laughs> You got a targeting pad that flicks up as well. You know, <laughs> you, know you say you want to tell Hellstar missiles from the uh, back of the Audi. Yeah. You get that with the Bentley with your night vision <laughs> and your MP5. <laughs> what do you think that screen does? It controls the UAV. <laughs> Heat signatures, target locks, everything. Okay, the interior is very nice. It's typical Bentley. It's always going to look great. I'm going to ignore the colours on the one we got pictures of and just look yeah. at the interior for what it is, and it's very nice. And also, the Aston does have four seats. I'm just going to mention this. The back Unpopular seats aren't opinion. really seats, but them ones, the back seats are actually seats. Un- unpopular opinion here. Oh, no. Oh, no. I like that cream with the wood and the black. Something about it I really do like. <laughs> See, that black to me is more grey. Grey, black, whatever you want to call it. What? That's that's blue. That's fully blue. No, that's not blue. Either way, though, I would want that fully black. Yeah, that's I probably blue. want it fully black, but or, I or, like it. I, I'm not. I could go like fully cream or fully black, but the mix of the the bluey th- bit. Then it's the not fl- blue. That's, that's blue. <laughs> right. That's black. Video listeners, that's wood. Please put in the comment <laughs> section what you think that color is. Cause it's blue. That is not blue. That is black. Yeah, that I'll agree with Jared. That's grey then. That's not black. If that's black, okay, I'll give you a grey with a with <laughs> we'll a blue tint. Of a gray. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that cream interior for some reason. Something is, yeah, I'd have it. I would, I'd cruise around with it. Okay, uh, Connor, you would have this interior. Jared, would you have this exact interior? No, I'm gonna go no as well. <laughs> it's because you don't have style and you can't cruise in a Brentley with style. Clearly not. Clearly not. <laughs> Right, Jared, oh, what have I you know. brought to the table with us? <laughs> now I... Jared's going to sort of flex his interior yeah. on us. <laughs> I have the Rolls-Royce Wraith. Wraith. Uh, Wraith. I think uh, it's a great name for a car, though. Yeah. Wraith. 
from the two hundred and fifty three thousand four hundred thirty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. I was just thinking about it. Wraith just sounds like someone who can't pronounce their R's trying to say race or something. <laughs> I want to do a wave. <laughs> Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you there. From usually looking between 70,000 to 201,000. Oh, depreciation, hello. <laughs> Whoa, what? Uh, 624 brake horsepower, 155 mile an hour top speed, 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. Has a 6.5 litre V12. Let's uh, be honest though, Rolls Royce is not built. It's not built it's, for speed. It's not it's, an Aston. It's built for comfort, it? not for speed. And it yeah. does comfort well. And I, I think it sort of shows where like some of the interior features, um, voice activated sat nav, optional hub. Does it work like, though? <laughs> <laughs> Take me to home. Do you want to go to Rome? <laughs> <laughs> it pr- it probably will put you in a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, optional hard, uh, as a lot of cars now. When you want to. If you're not a BMW M Sport like person guy, you can have a Rolls Royce iPhone app to show off your car that you already have anyway. Oh, so Rolls oh, Royce and BMW nice. team battle with the uh, <laughs> uh, it's just the, uh, battle at the pub with the phone. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, if, are you really gonna go to a pub where you're in a Rolls Royce race at this point? No, actually no. <laughs> hang on, with, hang on, with a depreciation value, you might <laughs> <laughs> drink drink away the sorrow <laughs> and the depreciation. <laughs> <laughs> all the Rolls Royce owners are in the same pub. Why are you here? Is that your car? Oh, that's why you're here. <laughs> you're looking at the bar that specialises in it. Sells cheap wine to him just to keep him happy. <laughs> Welcome to the Wraith Club. <laughs> We're all in the same boat here, so drink away. Yeah. It's you like one thing you would expect is to, it to have Bluetooth, but then one thing that I'd like. I would say is a useful thing is the satnav has um real time traffic information that just Ooh. tells you literally everything about what's going on ahead of you by a few miles. Sorry, not you, your butler. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people actually like to drive their cars. And then I'll happily sit in the back of that one. <laughs> oh yeah. And um, there's uh, just a few other things like adaptive LEDs, walnut uh, dashboard. Walnut what? Again. Uh, walnut burr dashboard. Oh, he, he's right. Oh. It says burr. Walnut burr. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, a DVD player, if you want to go that far back. That's a bit old school, isn't it? USB connectivity and a hat stand. That's just ro- hat stand. <laughs> oh, very useful. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get in my car. Hat stand. <laughs> I, Rolls Royce and their technology, they aren't really there. Well, <laughs> no. Like it's just old school. Like it's probably from it's probably from BMW. <laughs> The right. hat stands from the owner's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's an optional extra you have to install yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? And you have to pay the fee to install it yourself. Self tappers? <laughs> <laughs> that'll be 200 uh, quid. Oh, no, double sided tape at least. Oh, I don't want to yeah. self tap the Rolls Royce. Oh, oh so that'll, that'll be about take 500 quid. I'll take off quid. another 10 grand. Jesus. Is there any 10 grand to take red of? Like, <laughs> it's low. And then there'll be 20 already. pence. <laughs> right, so if we, let's do a battle of stats here. First, I want to say the pictures we have that is also a cream and wood and it's black white. and blue. Okay, white. okay, well, it's, it's similar to the Bentley. The so Bentley's cream, this is a good white. comparison. <laughs> Are you colorblind? Connor is Bentley interior. <laughs> <laughs> Are you colorblind? You see, with I think I might with be <laughs> that, with that interior, it's like 
the the bits of black that do look like they work is with like the carpet, but it's the actual dashboard bit. I think that could do with being what at the white. top or in the at the top. Tell yeah. you what they need to do. Just see make it look like nothing an else. This black see where they got the wood on the doors. Yeah. Change that for black trim. That's I probably just, an option. I'm just not a fan of the wood. I don't think the wood is a good thing, really. I'm nah. not a fan. They're trying to keep like the old. Old, old school, school class like high upper class high class just yeah the one thing i do i do quite like with this car is on the uh in the ceiling oh just the, the lights little, yeah. in the ceiling that's good I there's, oh, a, oh, there's a name for it. i can't remember it but it's like yeah just in cool case. is that the name you're looking for <laughs> 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 that does do justice right so let's have we a don't have to talk about so. the exterior of no, the rolls no it just looks like a rolls and it leans like one because that's a trait they <laughs> leave in the problem. car that's because of the weight of the bloody thing yeah but they could put better suspension but they don't <laughs> I, do, I do that <laughs> well, the thing is if they put a stiffer suspension in it they'll lose ride comfort so they need the roll they, they have to have the body roll now because they need <laughs> the uh, softened springs when you go over bumps and when stuff. you are driving a Somali prince around <laughs> I mean, if the heads-up display is from, like, 2005, I don't think they're going to put a new suspension in it. <laughs> they put suspension not from the them. 80s. <laughs> ah, if it works, leaf once it will work again. <laughs> a little leaf springs <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, stat yeah. battle. Stats. Right. What's Connors your... is the cheapest, isn't it? Yeah, well, mine was 162,000. Actually, no, his is the cheapest if you want to buy a used one. <laughs> if you want to buy a used yeah. one, then the Rolls Royce. used one's 70,000. So, Jack, what was yours price-wise? Mine was starting at 225 grand. Jesus. So, I think I went on price. What was your brake horsepower? 715. Oh, my Jesus Christ. You smoke me. What are you? 626. Oh, I'm the slowest. 624. Oh, only by two. So, it's not too bad. But, I mean, yeah. I kind of expect that because the Aston is just seems... It's a bit more performance-based, yeah, performance, isn't it? performance yeah. is... Like, I wouldn't say it's sportier because I think the Bentley's quite sporty. Like, oh, it's so. a sporty-looking oh, yeah. car. But, but I think yeah, no, Bentley... Aston's a bit more performance. The thing is, the, with the weight of the Bentley, and it's designed to be a bit more of a cruiser, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you know what I've just realised? Our three cars are literally the scale. Like, you have performance on one end, you've got the Aston, then you've got absolute luxury touring on the other end is the Rolls. And, and the, the Bentley, Bentley is, in yeah, the middle. it's literally the middle. Mm. I didn't actually look at it that way. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They're all good in their own... A- oh, sorry, I just kicked the table. <laughs> but they're all good in their own aspects. And then they? the Bentley's just a mixture of the two, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I like it. Um, Does that mean it's the best, though? We'll get mm. to it. <laughs> we haven't crossed that bridge yet. <laughs> We're getting there. What was your uh, engine size? What was what you got on engine-wise? V12, 5.2 litre. Jag? 6.5 litre V12. 6 litre twin turbo W12. Yeah, I'll let take that. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. 8 speed dual clutch automatic. Just a standard 8 speed auto. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did not tell you that one. What about 0 to 60? 3.6. Yours is 4.5. Flipping heck. It's a, it's a yacht. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that is a yacht. I'm on 3.4, so just a oh. tad faster. Than so the you, you you take the 0-60, but that is just the Aston Martin performance side. Yeah. Because yeah. the Bent, where the Bentley's got a little bit of luxury, it's got the weight to it. It's got it's got mm. power, but it's not. And well, that is just a yacht on wheels. Yes, it is. When you think about like how much more like, I mean the Aston is luxury as well, but how much more the Bentley is to say that it's only 0.2 seconds. Oh, yeah. Slow 0 It is. It's not a big deal. I think it's a the Bentley is a great mix between. The luxury side of things, 
and the performance side of things, yeah. I think, mm. when they done the way they've done it. So, with that being said, tomorrow you're gonna go and buy one. Which are you gonna buy? I'm going with the Aston. I'm so who's gonna going start this Aston. off? You're gonna go Aston. Yeah. Jared, I'll let you take this one. I'm not changing my mind. Aston um, looks so amazing. For, the, I would say for how I am personally with how. I'd like my cars to be. He's going with the Aston. I would go with the Aston. <laughs> Sorry. It has to be a bit more sporty in my world. Like, the Rolls, it's a nice car, but I'm not the kind of person that buys a car to sit in the back of it. No. I don't think any of us are here to sit in the back nah. of it. If I'm driving cross-continent to China, I'll take the Rolls. But really? <laughs> but, I mean, any other, anything else, I just... The Aston looks cool. It performs. It's also luxury. Right. It's a winner in my book. Mm. Unpopular opinion. Two, no, two things. Two things to note. First off, like you, if every day driving, I'm having the Aston. Just because performance, I can get over the interior after that, yeah? I've just realised I've completely forgot about the Bentley. <laughs> but but if I am touring, say, say we're down south of England, say I'm going to go to Scotland for a holiday, I want the Bentley. Not the Rolls Royce, I want the Bentley. I want the Bentley to go touring around in. Because it's got the power to it, and it's also got the luxury. Okay, maybe. You're in the south of England. You're going to Scotland. You take the Aston. You're going to Monaco, on the other hand. You take the Bentley. I can see that. But, yeah. no. I'm just thinking long distance, though. If you're going to travel for a long period of time, I just think the Bentley would be more comfortable it over that be, long yeah, period of no, time, where the Aston's more of a sportier Grand Tourer. Maybe that's just our personal opinions, though. Maybe, I, yeah. If I'm going on a long road trip, I want some speed. Right, so <laughs> taking after taking in if what we would buy, <laughs> taking in what we buy, the interior, the exterior, and all the stats, and everything we've just discussed, we've got to rank them best to worst. And it is hard, because the Bentley is literally the perfect it's, match of the two. To me, it's the... But I, I just I, love I the say, Aston. I think it's the perfect Grand Tour in the sense that it's got power to it and it's and got the it's luxury, got luxury side of it yeah no i can i can agree with you on that but it's I think like the perfect because of our like, personal opinions though yeah, exactly we want the power of the, how the un- uh, Aston unbiased opinion i would probably say the bentley out of these three is the best super grand tourer yeah but for me personally i would go the aston that's that's how i see it so mm. i think we'll agree aston at the top just because our thing just because yeah. our personal preference yeah. but yeah. unbiased looking at all the stats the specs the prices the Bentley's the best. Yeah. So I think we've, even we're putting our personal preference in top. So we go Aston, Bentley, then Rolls Royce. Just because I just don't think it suits. I know it sounds bad. It just doesn't suit us. We're not going to sit in the back. <laughs> it, it ain't got power. It's just weighty. It's, it doesn't even look great. It's I mean, the interior same. looks okay. Don't get me mm. wrong. But the exterior is just a typical It's bent, a nice uh, car, but Rolls it's, just, Royce, yeah, it's just a Rolls Royce, isn't it? It's yeah. nothing special. You get what you pay for. It's, yeah. That's yeah. how it is. Alright, so, so Jack, if you want to take us out. Yeah, no, thank you for listening to episode 7. That was a bit of a long one because we had to do the double for the motorsport, but I hope you enjoyed. It's been a good one, actually. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, we will see you. No, we, we won't see, see you next oh, week. Oh, yeah, we won't see you next week. However, the week after, we'll be back on point. Follow us on Twitter at Car Week Podcast and on Instagram at Car Week Podcast. If you yep. haven't checked out the audio, check out the Get audio on Anchor or iTunes, whatever you listen to. If you want to check out the uh, video, go on YouTube, Car Week Podcast. Give us any comments, uh, like the video on anything, rate us, and subscribe to the channel. Really helps yep. us.
Yeah. Give uh, us any recommendations, anything. Just oh, anything, yeah. Yep. Get in contact. All right, man. Bye.